We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you both follow us on the Tweet Machine. You guys know where to follow me. We do this all the time. I'm verified, yada, yada, yada. Chris, talk to him. Not verified, but that's okay. CKID206, and that's CKIDD206. All right. Make sure you also subscribe to the YouTube uh, channel if you're listening on the audio version. Uh, we have a special guest on the podcast with us this week as we talk about the Seahawks' Week 2 matchup against the Tennessee Titans. We have the homie who was verified on Twitter, Ben Arthur, beat writer for the uh, Tennessean, covers the Titans, also known as Blue Check Ben. Ben, what's yes, going sir. on, man? Yes, sir. What's up, guys? Happy to be on with y'all. Um, you know, miss you guys out here in Nashville, but um, excited to, you know, really cool for me, you know, my first road trip uh, of the regular season going back home to, to Seattle, you know, for this Titan Seahawks game. So, you know, really excited to be on with you guys and, you know, let's get into it, man. Yeah, happy to have you back uh, in town this weekend. Sad to see you go for multiple reasons, but one of them is because our basketball team that's supposed to play the Seahawks took a hit. With you leaving, like I was and really Joe, ca- Joe, Joe fan too. He's he's not on the beat either anymore. So man, you lost a shooter. You got someone in me who's you know got some athleticism and 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 whatnot. So yeah, yeah we, we we took a hit. Like and and you left, and then Joe left in like a few months span. We got Alyssa Charleston uh, working for Q13. She played D1 ball, but like we took a hit. So like if you ever come back, you know, you know, we we could we could Oh yeah, if if you could just yeah, fly me out, you know, I know Bobby's still out there probably talking to Smack. You know, he he's been running from me for for a couple <laughs> years at this point, you know. So, I'm ready to go whenever, you know, ball is life. Um so so yeah, just holler whenever you need me. <laughs> oh, all right, we will. We'll do, man. Because yeah, we did. We definitely needed that. But let's let's talk about this this matchup. I think everyone, if whether you're a fantasy owner of Derrick Henry or not, or just a casual viewer, is wondering how the hell he got shut down by the Arizona Cardinals in Week One, and the, when the Titans got smoked, how in the world did Arizona pull that off? Yeah, it, it really. I think it really starts with the lack of practice time, you know, for this offensive line, as much experience as they have up front. I mean, they just didn't have, you know, practice time over the summer. And that could really be said for the entire offense, Titans offense. And we could get into more of that later. But, you know, Lawan, you know, he didn't practice, you know, all that much. He, he was coming off a torn ACL uh, last last October, was limited basically mo- mo- most of the summer didn't really start wrapping up, ramping up until the, um, you know, last five, like the last couple weeks of the preseason, you know, so, so he, you know, to come out and, and have a guy like Chandler Jones right off the bat, you know, it is a tough go, um, you know, in, in run or pass, um, you know, their center Ben Jones and their uh, right guard, Nate Davis, you know, we're on the COVID list and the Titans had a COVID issue. Um, you know, in, in, in the preseason, those were two guys who, who were on the list for, for a minute. So they missed uh, tons of time, you know, at the right tackle position. 
you know, they had a few guys. I mean, that was kind of like the one spot. No one really knew who was going to be the starter, you know, going into the season. Um, you know, they had a few guys competing. But then, you know, even though the guys they had, you know, slated to compete at that spot missed time too. Ken Kendall Lamb, you know, missed time. Uh, Ty Sam Sambrello, another guy at that spot missed time. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, uh, Lamb is, is someone we saw, you know, kind of step in for Lawan a little bit um, at left tackle when uh, Lawan was out. But just overall, man, it, it really comes down to, I think, that offensive line not having a ton of practice time together. I can only think of a handful of practices they had as a full starting O-line. And, and you look at that film, I mean, you know, there are times – you know, those guys, especially on the inside, they, they just miss their blocks. And and so, you know, Derek would get stuffed, you know, in the backfield. And, and you know, for as, you know, dynamic as this offense is supposed to be, it all starts with Derek, right? And if you can't get him going, if those guys up front, you know, aren't sharp, I think it all kind of, you know, you know, it, it's the, the struggles start there. So I, I think that's really what it comes down to, the O-line play. Is that something you think, can be replicated by the Seahawks because what's the stat, Chris? And when's the last time he get, Derek so, was held under 100 yards? I looked it up. I was curious to see the last time Derek Henry was held in back-to-back games under 100 yards, and that was in 2019. I want to say week six, seven, and eight. So those three weeks, he did not eclipse 100 yards. Ever since then, it hasn't happened. So he's been killing it. To Mike's question, yes, is it possible that you see the Seahawks stifling that run game again? And Derrick Henry does not eclipse 100 yards. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's a great question. I think I mean, I, I think it's certainly possible. Um, but, you know, I, I think just, you know, it goes as simply, you know, it, it really goes to practice. Right. Like they're, they're going to get a full they're going to get a full week of practice this week ahead of Seattle. I think just, you know, the reps are, are really going to help those guys. And I don't think they're going to look as bad in Seattle as they did in the opener, just because, you know, of, of the time I think they'll be able to get this week. But is it is it possible? Y yeah, I, I think it's certainly possible. I think, you know, a, a key thing for uh, the, the Titans, uh, just in, in terms of getting that, that you know, offense going, will be, uh, you know, I think I think a quick passing game, you know, would, would help you know, those O-line guys, because, you know, it, it was tough because not only were they not able to, to block in, in the passing game, but they, you know, they weren't able to establish the run. And, and you know, as an O-lineman, when, when you can't, when you can't do either of those, you know, it just kind of, it's a shot to your confidence, right? So, you know, I, I think if, if, you know, from, from a Tennessee perspective, I think if you can, you know, have some quick passing, you know, early, you know, kind of get those guys some, some of that confidence, you know, and 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 then just w with the run game, you know, it translating to the run game as well. Um, you know, I, I think we could see a, a better result from from the Titans. Um, but but yeah, is, is it possible? Sure. I mean, you know, I, I think that there are still you know some some concerns. Um, you know, just you know, I think with Taylor just not Taylor Lewan just not being a hundred percent right now. Um, you know, so. So yeah, I I don't have a great answer to your to your question. I'd just say, um, you know, I think I think a quick passing game is really gonna help, um, just in terms of that Titans O line in terms of their confidence and and translating that um, into um, run blocking. I think um, so. I think that'll be a key for for Tennessee. You could tell rewatching the game that like after like maybe the first half that. They were just like, yo, we're done. We're done running it. Because it just it was just not it, it was just not working. Chandler Jones had other plans. Corey Peters had other plans. JJ Watt had other plans. Uh, I want to stick with the Titans uh O line here. Cause this yeah. that like that matchup is gonna be like the, the key one uh that defines the sure. game, I, I think. Let's talk about your man Taylor Lewan here. Because he has, I think He's the front runner right now for corniest tweet uh, in in the NFL. <laughs> like it got sent to me all weekend because I was just like this. I wasn't paying attention too much, and then it got sent. Let me pull. Let me pull up this tweet here. Uh, from, yeah, from I'm pulling it up too. Let's see. I just had it. It's okay, pinned it's pinned to the top of his page, which I don't yeah, think he realizes is a is a bad look. <laughs> it's a bad look. Uh, he says, "Got my ass kicked today. No way around that. I let the team and the fans down. Thank you, Chandler Jones. He at Chandler Jones, by the way." 
Thank you, Chandler Jones, for exposing me. It will only force me to get better. I don't know if you guys talked to him after the game, Ben, or what what the hell is right? What's up with this guy? Man? Does he not realize <laughs> yeah. that that's a bad look? No, yeah, it 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 is corny, you know, but but I think that's also just who Taylor Lewan is. If if you've spent any time around, you know, this team, you know, kind of the personality of this team. I mean, it, it really starts with Lewan. He's probably the most colorful guy in that locker room. Um, and, you know, when he feels like he needs to say something, he'll say it, you know, positive, you know, or negative. He, uh, he wasn't made available to us, you know, after the game. And so I think that tweet was part of him just, you know, saying, giving his apologies, you know, to the fans, you know, for what happened. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, you know, kind of corny too, but if it's something he felt like he wanted to get off his chest, I mean, Clearly. you know, it's his, yeah, it's, it's, his, it's his life. He, he can do that, you know, if, if he wants. I mean, I think just the big thing is, okay, you, you send out that tweet, just don't look that bad. I mean, you know, you, you just didn't need to say anything, right? Just be better next week. I think that's what the Titans would like. I think that's what, what fans would like. Just play better. You don't need to apologize and, and thank the other guy for, you know, <laughs> for just like, a, just humiliating you. You don't, you don't really need to do that. But like I said, I think that's really just Taylor's, you know, personality. And, and like I was saying earlier, when, when you asked about, you know, the, the O line, it, it's, you know, Taylor, he's still working his way back to a hundred percent. I mean, that doesn't excuse, you know, the extent of how bad he looked in certain yeah, he looked, extents, he real but, bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, but to, you know, come off an ACL, your first real game back and you go up against the top three, top four guy on the edge in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's tough. And, and, you know, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, Luan just got to play better. You don't, you don't need to tweet about it. I think that was, you know, what, you know, you look at kind of the re- replies to that tweet. <laughs> A lot of people were like, I'm gonna look at some right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I got to look at some of those again too but i mean it just comes down to like just play better you know we don't need titans fans titans coaches don't you need you to apologize for it you know just kind of go out and do it so i think that's just what it comes down to you mentioned earlier about having a quicker pass game and how that would probably eliminate what you witnessed on sunday against the cardinals taking that same comment you made are you looking for that overall as the season goes along or is that something that you think they should implement going up against this new revamped Seahawks defensive line which you were familiar with the past few seasons as you were covering the Seahawks as well in Seattle so what is your take there is that something a game by game basis or you think they should implement that throughout the year yeah I mean it it could be either or I think I think the frustration for a lot of people here was that you know, early on, it was very obvious that the Titans couldn't block Chandler Jones for more than like half a second. It was very and obvious so, like the first play, I believe. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so and then they never adjusted. Right. And, and I know in Seattle, like in the past, we, we've talked about how, you know, oh, why is why isn't shoddy or like, why aren't, why aren't the tight? Why aren't the Seahawks adjusting adjusting offensively? It was kind of like the same deal with what happened in the Titans in week one, you know, with Chandler Jones and even J.J. Watt had some good moments there too. Like the Titans just didn't really seem to adjust. Like you obviously can't block him. Having Tannehill just kind of sit there, you know, have some time to kind of look at his, you know, get through his reads, his first, second read, that's not going to happen. And they didn't, you know, they they didn't kind of, you know, do that, you know, for, for whatever reason. So, um, so yeah, if, I mean, and then you, you, look at the Titans defensive, I mean, the Seahawks defensive front, you know, as you, you know, alluded to Chris, I mean, it's another strong front. And, and I saw, you know, that Darrell, uh, Darrell Taylor, you know, play well, Monet, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the inside at that nose, nose, you know, tackle spot, you know, looked good as well. So, um, and then you have Dunlap and, and Kerry Hyder who, who came in over um, the, the off season. So, so yeah, it, it's really going to depend on, you know, how, you know, how, how the Titans, you know, start offense, like up front on the, on the offensive line. But, you know, if, if you kind of have the same situation as you had last week and 
you find that you're not able to block guys, I mean, you just need to go to that quick passing game. Just give the guys up front, you know, some confidence. Don't let them, don't kind of expose them like that, you know, just um, kind of get something going, you know? Um, so it's, you know, I, I don't have a great question to that, Chris. I mean, it really just depends kind of how the game, the, the flow of the game goes. I don't That's think true. the, yeah, I don't think the Seahawks, you know, front is um, maybe it's not as you know dominant, at least on the edges, as as the Cardinals um, okay. do. But um, but yeah, I think it, it really just depends on kind of matchups and then how how the flow of the game goes. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. don't have Shane Waldron either, so I feel it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that, that, that that's fair. I mean, honestly, the Titans sound like the Seahawks of last year. Like, yeah, I, I was, can't adjust. Need yeah. to get the quick passing game going. I think that's yeah. something we're all familiar with uh, uh, <laughs> over here. And maybe we'll we'll see how. I didn't get to the Jags game. We'll see how Shoddy's doing with that. And Daryl Bevel, they they got smoked, but I didn't know if they, was it. I I need to. I haven't watched that game because I, I was mainly watching. I wanted to see the Titans game against the Cardinals, so I was watching a little bit of that. So this time, sometime this week, I will definitely go back and watch some Jags and see what what happened there because they yeah. got smart. yeah, I mean yeah, they, they were playing uh, Houston and Houston is supposed to be awful. Like they don't have a quarterback. To, yeah, they don't have a quarterback. But they're probably one of the least talented rosters in the NFL. You know, for for them to do that, I mean, you know, they, they got yeah, they got issues. So yeah. you know. They- God bless, God bless Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully, he 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 makes it through. Uh, let's let's. I, I haven't got a chance to ask you this question because you haven't been an opposing beat writer yet. Uh, but let let's do it. Take this answer wherever you want to go. Is Ryan Tannehill good? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I think he is, um, you know, I think there is an argument, you know, over the last two seasons, he's been, you know, and, and the numbers, I think, back this up. I mean, he's he's performed like a top 10 quarterback. Um, I think, you know, a big, you know, a, a big thing like with him is that he's just such like he's a perfect fit for the for the Titans offense the the way they want to do things kind of establish Derrick Henry do the play action and and hit AJ over the middle stuff like that I mean I I think the system has really um you know magnified his strengths um and you know I I think it you know it it showed up you know especially last year I mean you know I, I think the Tannehill reputation I think a lot of people still think he is what he was in Miami and and playing under what what's his name Gase yeah Adam Gase um, yeah. and yeah and, and I think that you know playing under him just kind of shot his his confidence he's never you know he he obviously had some injuries in Miami too but I think Tennessee is just like just the perfect you know fit for him and and I I don't think he gets enough you know credit for his toughness too like he's he's not afraid to you know, kind of be aggressive, you know, running the ball. He's, he's a former wide receiver, you know, at Texas A&M. He has way more athleticism than, 
even I gave him credit for, you know, before coming here, um, you know, he's, he's solid, you know, it, it didn't, he didn't have a chance to really show it um, in the opener because like he, he had like ha less than half a second to try and make a play or had Chandler Jones all up in his face after a rollout. Um, yeah, that was so bad. that was bad. That, that was bad. That was real um, bad. Yeah. Uh, like how, how do you forget about Chandler Jones? Like how <laughs> is he a free rusher? That was, that was crazy to me, but, but overall, yeah, I, I, I do think he's good. I think he's performed like a top 10 quarterback. I think a big part of that is, you know, the Titan system. And I think because of the system, he's playing with more confidence. And I think people, you know, although the opener didn't show it, I think with so many weapons now, um, and, you know, you, you hope that Julio is at least a little bit of what he was in, you know, Atlanta. Um, you know, AJ is a dominant receiver. I think he could be, a, you know, be looked at as a top five guy. Um, you know, by the end of this year, we know what Derek is, you know, the O-line didn't look great in the opener, but they, they do have a lot of experience up front. I think all of those will help the world to show more, like to help Tannehill to show the world more that he is a good quarterback. Is he on the level of Mahomes, Rogers, Russ? No, but is he in that second tier? I'd say so. Um, between maybe 10 to maybe nine to 12th best quarterback, I'd, I'd put him in that category. That's fair. You think Ryan Tannehill's good? Yeah, I think he's good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Where do you stand with it? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't say he's great. I mean, right. he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's good. He's definitely good. No, you he's know, my he's... fantasy quarterback in like three <laughs> leagues, so he better be good. Like he's, he's fumbling and stuff and throwing picks, yes. Although I, I've, if you watch that game – the Cardinals game, this is where, like, you know, tape becomes important. Like, he was hitting guys in the hands in the end zone, dropping. and they're dropping it. I think the pick he threw hits Julio in the hands, maybe? Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, it was across the middle, deflected, and then I think, yeah, uh, it was, yeah, it was scooped up out of the air. So, um, there were some, yeah, it, the, the, his receivers didn't help him. That's for sure. He, his numbers could have been better. Which is crazy, Chris, because you would think that if anybody's receivers are going to help somebody, it Julio. would be it would be Brian Tannehill's <laughs> receiving duo of AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Wild. Let's talk about duos. Let's talk about wide receivers. It's funny because when getting ready to talk about this topic, the one image that comes to mind is that training camp when all three of us would go over to the side and watch the one on ones or watch the receivers because. I think for the most part, all three of us enjoy the battle between the cornerbacks and wide receivers. It's going to be an interesting matchup come Sunday against the Tennessee Titans when they travel to Seattle. But you look at DK, Tyler Lockett, and Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and the, the dominance those guys can have when everything is hidden. Unfortunately, it sounds like, well, it looked like. We watched it. We saw it. Julio didn't have his best day. A.J. Brown was somewhat of a non-factor. But then on the Seahawks side, DK and Tyler start the season off on fire. DK took yeah. him a half to get going, but for the most part, watching the game, I figured he was going to get his touches. What are you looking forward to in this matchup, especially with Julio and AJ? Because they have to respond, right? They need to... You said practice is pretty important. I'm sure DK and Tyler, they have a nice little groove going with the new offensive coordinator. What are you expecting with Julio and AJ Brown in that regard for coming into this matchup week two, especially now that the cornerback situation is still up and down with the Seahawks. They ship out Akello Witherspoon. They bring in, I don't know how many corners in the last, what, two weeks, Mike? Yeah, about three, three or four. <laughs> they brought in so many people every time there's a new update. So what are you looking forward to in this upcoming matchup between these guys? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if you're looking for, for, for a confidence builder, if, if you're the Titans at receiver, I mean, going up against those Seahawks corners, all the question marks there, you definitely look at that as, as an opportunity to kind of get a rhythm and, and for Tannehill to get some, you know, a nice connection with, with Julio and AJ. Uh, you know, to start, like I'd say, I, I don't have any concerns about AJ. I mean, he's, he's elite, like – you know, like you should have seen the way he was killing, you know, uh, his, his t Titans DBs in practices. Like he is 
like in, in obviously I didn't have the reference point of, you know, being in Nashville his first couple years, but even from talking to guys on the beat, he just looked a step, you know, better. He he's a little bit leaner this year. I think he's a little bit crisper. Um, he's, he's a run, he's a wide receiver with a running back body. Like mm. his, his, he's a yak, you know, monster, um, you, he usually doesn't ever go down on that first hit, you know, maybe that second hit too. Um, you know, and, and I just think because of, you know, the offense that the Titans run, you don't usually, you don't, he doesn't always get the same looks that maybe it, you know, DK and Tyler get. So, um, and, and then AJ did have sort of a kind of a knee thing going on, you know, over, over the summer, he felt really, really healthy entering the year. Um, you know, after he has some like cleanup surgery um, during the off season on both knees, um, but but it was considered minor. But then the, apparently there was some kind of setback. Um, but but he he honestly looked fine. You know, heading into um, the opener, and then in in you know he did make some plays um, in that first game. Um, he you know they they weren't able to get their ball the balls to the receivers a lot, but he he did look fine, and, and I expect him to you know start to, to ascend, you know, maybe in this second game, you know, kind of my question mark is sort of with Julio, um, you know, Quintoris. because he did. Yeah. 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 Quintoris Jones. Quintoris Lopez. Yeah. Yeah. Quintoris <laughs> Lopez Jones. Or something. Oh man. Yeah. You got it right, um, man. You're right. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm right. Yeah. You are. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So but I, I think the concern maybe is there a little bit. Um, you know, he like, first of all, he, he like doesn't practice and, <laughs> You know, and, you know, that wasn't like a problem, like at the end of his tenure with the Falcons, uh, just because I think, well, they, they weren't competitive for one, but he'd been with Matt Ryan so long right. that I don't think it really mattered. Um, but then where you, you have a situation, you know, that, that you had, you know, in training camp this year where, um, you know, he missed so much time. And, I, and that part of that may have been because he was a bit banged up. He, there was a play early in training camp where he kind of like fell a little awkwardly. And then after that, he just missed three straight weeks. And Mike Grable doesn't talk about injuries and all that. So like we, it was hard to get information about what was going on. But a guy just doesn't miss three weeks, um, even with, you know, someone like Julio who doesn't even practice that much. Um so I, I think that hurt, you know, when, when you have one quarterback for a decade, like te like 10 years, um, and then you have a new one in Tannehill that you're trying to build chemistry with, and you just don't get that time. And then Tannehill was also on the COVID list, you know, late in preseason. So as soon as Julio got back from missing three weeks, Tannehill was out for 10 days. Damn. So, what a mess so the they Titans really, <laughs> yeah, so Julio and Tannehill only had like four full practices together. Oh, so I... that was a problem. And then, and then there were, yeah. And then there were just times in the game, you know, last Sunday where he just had some drops, you know, there was the one, you know, in the end zone, you know, I think there was good coverage there, but I think he still should have come up with that. There were a couple others, you know, during the course of the game and, you know, Mike Rabel was asked about Julio, um, you know, yesterday um, or, or on Monday. And, you know, he said, you know, he needs to capitalize on his opportunities. And he was also, you know, and this made headlines, how he was, you know, really critical of the, you know, Julio had like an unnecessary roughness penalty early in the game. And, uh, you know, Vrabel said, you, you can put that in the category of a dumb, dumbass expletive. Um, and, you know, so, he, he was not, he was not happy with Julio about that. He, he obviously didn't make a great, you know, first impression in that, you know, game number one, I think over time, you know, you hope that, you know, he shows more of that Julio Jones of old, um, but he didn't, you know, get off to a great start. And so, you know, you, you kind of maybe have concerns about what exactly the Titans got you know, in this, you know, guy who's obviously going to be in the Hall of Fame, one of the best receivers of all time. But at this stage in his career, you know, not a whole lot of practice time coming in with this Titans offense. You know, doesn't have really chemistry with Tannehill at this point. You kind of wonder what exactly that's going to look like. So um, I think AJ will be fine. The question is with Julio, um, you know, so 
so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll kind of see. I think you know the DK Tyler you know tandem is far far in ahead. I think above Julio and AJ at, at this point. You know DK is obviously young and ascending. You know Tyler has been you know doing his thing for several years now. Um, and Mike Rabel had actually, you know, he, he spoke of Tyler too. He's like, he's, he's the best like deep ball receiver for his size that he's seen in a really long time. So he was very, very complimentary of Locke. So, you know, so, so yeah, this is going to be, be interesting. Like I said, you know, I think that the Seahawks corners, there's, there's an opportunity to build some confidence for Julio and AJ. I just don't know with Julio in particular, you know, how, how all that's going to pan out as the season wears on. Yeah. Seeing Julio drop the ball the way he did in that game was really, th- I was like, who's this guy wearing number two? It can't be Quintoris, not Quintoris, not the ball hitting him in the hands in the end zone. It was, I don't know if you watched the broadcast version with the sound on Ben on the replay, but they're like giving all the benefit of the doubt. Like, ah, oh, he didn't expect the ball. It's like, man, if the ball hits you in the hands in the end zone. I didn't, I didn't catch that. No. Yeah. I, I forget who was that. calling the game, but they were like, yeah, you know, it's a, uh, you know, maybe he just didn't expect it there. It's like, bro, the ball hit him in the hands. In the first end zone. of all, that's Julio Jones. Second of all, you said it, the ball hit him in his hands. That's it. Yeah, I mean, even if you <laughs> don't expect it, like, catch catch the ball. It was like, even uh, hearing you uh, recite that Mike Rabel line, it's like, take advantage of your opportunities, i.e., catch the damn ball. <laughs> Another point. Exactly. Another exactly. point. Julio had a 300-yard game. Yeah, that's that's that that dude is a uh, nice. No, he's, he's, There's he, only a handful of people that have done that, let alone in their careers. I've had 300 yards. So, no, he has to catch that. That's all I got to say. Let's there. let's uh, let's I'm gonna pose this question to you, Ben. Who do you think has the, the greater advantage this Sunday? DK and Tyler versus the Titans secondary or AJ and and Julio versus the Seahawks cornerbacks? Birdman hand rub. Yeah, I would <laughs> <laughs> I would say I, I would say DK and Tyler you know, have the advantage, um, you know, for, and, and going back to what I said, I mean, just because of the concerns you have with Julio, I think, you know, the magnitude of what you're getting with, with Tyler and DK against this Titan secondary, which still, you know, as much turnover as they had in the off season, I think there's, you know, a lot of, you know, concerns there. Um, you know, Jack rabbit Jenkins, uh, you Chris, know, Chris cannot yeah. stop laughing every time we talked about this for the show. Like he can't, he because he wants to be called Jackrabbit, right? Like yeah, it's because I, I guess is a bad name. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it was funny one time. Like we asked him, like why do you, why don't you go by Janoris? He's like, that's not my name. Oh, like he, he said that with a straight face, and I, I guess it's because like growing up in in Florida, like he they chased rabbits or whatever, and right. so. Great. So that's that's, that's kind of why. Yeah, that's very Florida. <laughs> so so that's kind of where that comes from. It's still kind of weird saying it, but Jack Rabbit Jenkins is guy came in, you know, he's he's a starter and you know, he was out there slipping, man. Like he he like on the very on the Cardinals very first play, he gave up a 38-yard catch to Hopkins because he he <laughs> Oh man! It was on the very on the Cardinals' very first play, and that kind of yeah, yeah. He he was and and he slipped on the play, and, and he was slipping, you know. And, and and actually, the the Titans' DB coach was speak spoke to us earlier today, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I guess he had like a footwear issue." But you know, I mean, look, I mean, <laughs> it just <laughs> the coverage. <laughs> look, the, the coverage. It, it just has to be better in. You know, and, and the thing too, like Jack Rabbit is, you know, he, he's a bit older too. Like he's in his thirties. Um, you know, that was kind of the the concern coming in. Like, yeah, he's been a good, you know, press man guy in the in the past, but he's getting up there in age. Um, you just don't know how he's going to hold up against some of these elite receivers that you know Titans will have, especially early in the season. I think that game Sunday was just a manifestation of that. You know, so there there was a con- there, there's concerns there and. And the thing is, like, the Titans drafted a first-round corner, Caleb Farley, you know, who, if you kind of remember from from the, you know, draft chatter. Um, That's the Virginia Tech you know, guy? Virginia, had the, Virginia the, Tech had the guy who had the back issues. Yep. Okay. Exactly, okay. had the back issues. And and the thing is, he's, like, not ready to really play. Like, he was he was active, but he's it, it, it became really apparent over the summer that he he's, he's still very rusty. Like, not only was he, did he have the back issues, but, like, 
he didn't play last season at Virginia Tech because he opted out because of COVID. So he's had two major back surgeries since he last played in 2019, and he missed a full season of football, and he's only been playing corner for like two or three years. Jesus. So, yeah, so all of that, you know, there, there's all that going on with him. So, you know, he's really not ready, you know, to, to have an impact there. Um, the, the Really the only positive at corner was – or I should say one positive was, uh, you know, they have a guy, second year guy, you know, on the right side, Christian Fulton, who did actually look good. And he's a guy who's probably going to play well for the Titans, um, you know, out at, you know, out at LSU, uh, didn't really have a second round pick in 2020, uh, missed 10 games because of injury. So we never really got into a rhythm. And, and this year he's kind of, you know, come in, you know, with, you know, a lot of promise and he had a really good off season. And, you know, he, he actually had some plays in that game Sunday, despite all the other issues the Titans had in the secondary. And, you know, he matched up well actually with Mike Evans when they had uh, joint practices in Tampa over the summer. So, you know, he's one reason for optimism there, but between Jack rabbit, kind of the concerns he had with the slipping and, you know, all that. And then Caleb Farley isn't really ready to go and then they don't really have much depth beyond that. I mean, they have Elijah Molden who Seattle people will know because he, he went to Washington. He's a, he's a slot guy. Um, he's, you know, he's still kind of learning, you know, at this point, um, you know, outside of the you know corner, I mean, Kevin Byer, I think is still one of the better safeties, you know, in the NFL. Yeah. He had a pick. Uh, he led the league in interceptions a, a couple years ago. Um, you know, he, he's, he's still good. Um, you know, so, I mean, I mean, there's, there's some, there's, I, I, I guess there's some reason for, for hope just in, in terms of, you know, having that back end help in, in Kevin Byard. But, you know, I think really the problem, it, it comes down to like the, the coverage on, on third down, you know, with, those shifty mobile quarterbacks like Kyler Murray. I mean, I think with, with the category of, you know, mobile quarterbacks, Kyler is his own category, even mm -hmm. just because of how shifty he is, he is. And um, I think, you know, when, when those plays get extended, I think that's when you really see the issues for, for the Titans, uh, you know, in the back end, um, you know, there, there are three, you know, Kate, Kevin Byard was, is the only returning starter, you know, in the secondary. Um, so, you know, I think they're, they're still at a point where they're working on, you know, communication um, and, and whatnot. So, you know, they're just, you know, a lot of issues, I think, for, for the Titans. And then when you have that, you know, tandem of Tyler and DK, it's it's really going to be tough, <laughs> for, to, to say the least. It's, All it's right, gonna so be start Tyler and DK in every fantasy league I, I would, you got. Yeah, if, if you got them on your fantasy team, I would for sure go with that. I wouldn't put Julio on your, you know, in your lineup for this week. Um, you know, maybe he does kind of find some rhythm this week. But um, again, Ada will be fine. It's, you know, Julio is kind of the, the concern there. But but yeah, th this the secondary Titan secondary, you know, it, they're, they're still trying to figure it out. I mean, they they. And, and, and see that the defense, the Titans defense overall was just so bad, you know, <laughs> last year, like they, they, they're like, like the worst had, down team ever. Right. Yeah. They were historically bad on third down. They gave up like 50, they allowed opponents to convert like 54% of the time on third Good down. <laughs> um, they had 19 sacks for the year, wow. which was like tied for the worst. For, for a playoff team in NFL history, something like that. So they had issues, right? And then, and then they got all these new faces. Um, but like Bud Dupree, you know, on the edge, who, who was kind of starring for, uh, for, for Pittsburgh. But the thing with Bud, like Taylor Lewan, he's coming off an ACL injury too. They gave Bud like an $82 million contract, but he's coming off a torn ACL and he didn't, you know, he's not himself yet. You know, he wasn't really able to do, he wasn't much of a factor at all, you know, on Sunday. And so, you know, it, it doesn't help, you know, for those, you know, new, you know, all those guys on the back end when you're not necessarily getting the kind of pressure you want, especially against those elusive quarterbacks. So I think, 
you know, Russ is going to be a kind of a challenge, um, you know, some kind of like the way Kyler was, you know, last week. I was actually going to ask you about your front seven defensive line and linebackers, but I kind of got an answer with all that there. I'm guessing there has been minimal improvement. You did bring in, mention Bud Dupree, but he's coming off an injury. Are there anyone, is there anyone else that maybe the Seahawks should pay attention to that could yeah. be a force on that new revamped offensive line that the Seahawks have versus what you got going on with Tennessee? Yeah. So like to kind of start off, I, I will say like, see, see the, the Titans, even they did look really good, like over the summer. Like I think, you know, for what it's worth, you know, not going up, really go, going up against other teams. I mean, the, the improvement did show, I think they do have better depth at outside linebacker than they did last year. Um, I do think they have better depth on the interior defensive line than they did last year. Um, you know, Danico Autry, um, you know, played with the Colts. Um, you know, he's probably one of the more disruptive, historically one of the more disruptive um, interior, you know, pass rushers in, in the NFL. And to pair him with a guy with Jeff Simmons, um, Jeffrey Simmons, who I don't know how familiar with like guys in Seattle, people in Seattle are, but Jeff, Jeffrey Simmons is going to be like a superstar, like an all pro caliber guy. Isn't like he he's, vegan too? He, he, that's so random. How do you know that he's vegan? There, because I, <laughs> I think, I think he is. Sorry yes, to cut you I off, but the, say, yeah. the reason I bring it up is because I was watching Game Changers and a Tennessee Titans player was on there. And I think it was him, if I'm not mistaken. And he is vegan. And he talked about how his game hasn't been a lot better. He's not as injured as much. He gets banged up, but it's not as severe. So when you brought, when you said his name, I was like, I think that's him. But sorry, Ben, continue on the defensive lines. My bad. Yeah, no problem. No, <laughs> that was yeah, so I, random. <laughs> I was like, how do, like, well, do you know this guy? Like, how do you, with that, I'm, I'm gonna look it up. I explained it now. No, I, I got it. Now Simmons is also the guy who's he was like hurt, right? They took him knowing when that he was hurt in the draft. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's the thing about the Titans. They've taken a lot of gambles on, you know, with their first round picks, like especially on guys who've been injured, um, like Caleb Farley, like I said. But you know, Jeff Simmons, he he tore his ACL in the pre-draft process in 2019, and so he didn't play get going until the season started but um it turns out it was the right gamble because he's gonna be probably an all pro at some point so um they, they do have some pieces there but you know i think um you know i would say like you know with the linebackers like on the inside Jayon brown um another guy who i don't think people in seattle are too familiar with he's probably one of the better cover inside linebackers in in the nfl like he can go out and cover um so um but but you know he was you know probably a little rusty like he 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 was another guy who was hurt last year he missed um i want to say six seven games last year he was on ir so he he's still kind of getting back in the groove uh bud dupree is still getting back into the groove um you know, so I think there are a lot of, um, you know, guys there who will probably be better later in the season. Um, so, so yeah, I think that that would be what I have to say with, I think that the most immediate threat for the Seahawks would be Jeff Simmons, you know, on the inside, um, and, you know, pairing with Danico Autry, I think, you know, having, uh, you know, that, that interior uh, protection for um, the, the, the Seahawks would, has to be on point, you know, going up against those guys. Oh, okay. He hasn't gone vegan, but he did change his diet. Okay, there's another player I'm thinking of. That, okay. I did go vegan for the Titans. Maybe it's not with the Titans anymore, but I do remember seeing it on Game Changers. Yeah, I, man, I couldn't believe that was the most random thing that's probably been said on the show. It's just like, yeah, is he vegan? It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Ben, I commend you, man. Because you working real hard to not say the Titans defense is trash. So I'll just say it for you because these guys are not good. I'm watching no. I'm watching the, the replay of the game, man, and Kyler just throwing the wide open dudes. Elijah Molden got burnt on the Christian Kirk touchdown. You remember see that one? I tweeted I it. Tweeted the clip of it. It was not not good. But you're right. There's it, like they're getting better. They're working on it. It's, yeah, it's no, yeah. I commend you, man. No, yeah. I, I yeah, I definitely trying hard to be nice and look. Like I said, they will. <laughs> 
they will be. I, I think they will be better later in the season. I mean, six new starters. You yeah, know, no, I'm, actually, they the benefit of the yeah. doubt should be given to to some extent. But yeah, like that to that... some extent. Yeah, but they're they're bad right now. You know, <laughs> and it's it's it is kind of a slap in the face to a lot of fans because you know that was kind of like the Achilles heel last year. I mean, you have you had the number four scoring offense in the NFL last season. You know. Uh, Titans were able to do whatever they want, run or pass, but then you have a defense giving up like 30 points a game. You're not really going to do anything. And you have historically bad third down D. Um, and so there was a lot of hope, you know, this year with kind of overhauling the, the defensive side of the roster that, you know, you, that you're, you're, you'll have, you know, better production. And, you know, obviously it was not a great start despite, you know, them talking about confidence and swagger, you know, over the, the preseason, they were actually like the number one defense in like yards allowed and gave up like just uh, opponents only converted. I want to say like 19% of their third downs on in the preseason, but it's the preseason, right? So, but people were optimistic that, okay, maybe, you know, it will kind of carry into the season. And then you face Kyler Murray and, and, and that offense to start and just a big slap in the face. So that's where the Titans defense is at right now. Yeah, you know, I think that's probably what's going to – I don't. I forget who – who's the GM of the Titans? Who's running the Titans? John Robinson. Yeah, so I think that's what's probably different than, like, other teams. Like, for example, the Chiefs, when their defense was trash and they had an amazing offense in 2018, you know, they went out and, like, we're going to we're gonna try to get some some defensive play. That's when they traded for Frank Clark, you know? Exactly. That might be when they signed the Honey Badger, too, I want to say. Like, they made the efforts to fix the defense. What do you know? They go win a Super Bowl with a defense that has improved. Um, I think another – like, the Cowboys defense last year, trash i think they use every draft pick they had on defense you know like i don't know how that'll pan out but it's the it's the effort no i think really they drafted like three linebackers like a corner uh they i think literally every pick they had was like defense it was it's very weird to see the titans not i mean bud dupree using their high draft pick on farley but like that defense was so bad i feel like they needed to do a lot more and it's strange and this is to spin it back to the seahawks uh like i remember talking to trey flowers you know cornerback to seahawks i remember asking him like in the locker room i want to say 2019 maybe 2018 just like who are some guys that you like watching you know like and i remember him saying the whole titan secondary because <laughs> they were good at the time who they have at that time adori bayard or bayard uh well, yeah, I mean, Adoree was wasn't great. He was good he was at bad. that time. I can't remember. Yeah, um, yeah, he was a first rounder, but but he's he was good at time. But there are a lot of bad, you know, feelings about him to to some degree in Nashville. Logan Ryan, yeah, you know, was a very effective player. You know, and that they had a lot of pressure packages that they kind of put together with him too. Like I think he had like five sacks one year. Jesus. Um, and everything's just going yeah, downhill for, since then. <laughs> yeah, and and the the thing too, and it's crazy, right? Because I think the reputation with the Titans is like, you know, be a great defensive team. You have a defensive minded head coach with, you know, Mike Rabel. We know what he did as, as a player, and you know, with with the Patriots and whatnot. But but yeah, I think you know, kind of the issues really started with um, kind of the defensive coordinator spot because. It, you know, a lot of people were just like, couldn't believe it when Vrabel didn't name a defensive coordinator last year. Like the Titans didn't have a defensive coordinator. They had that. their, yeah. <laughs> the numbers so, reflect that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the first, the first uh, couple years, they had Dean Pease as their DC who followed Arthur Smith uh, to Atlanta to be his defensive coordinator so they had Dean Pease and, and he was a really really solid coordinator defensive coordinator for for the Titans helping out Brable but so last year they didn't have a DC their outside linebackers coach was the play caller um which was was which was really weird he was kind of like their de facto defensive coordinator but he was doubling down as the outside linebackers coach so the communication was never really on point, you know, it started at the top. So, you know, that was a, a, a really big issue, um, you know, last season. Um, and so, but, but what actually happened was that outside linebackers coach who was kind of doubling as the de facto defensive coordinator. He's now the official defensive coordinator. So they just, they just, they just promoted him. 
so like they're, they're like okay maybe that was a mess we'll just you know we're, we're just gonna say you're the dc now you know we'll, we'll get another outside linebackers coach and so so yeah that now the defense is being run by the guy who was kind of running it last year but he kind of wasn't because he was the a position coach so there was a lot of kind of confusion about you know you know kind of who was in charge and and um and I think it trickled down to the players and 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 see that kind of makes you know Sunday what happened Sunday a slap in the face too because the entire summer they talked about how the communication is better and and you know the the guy Shane Bowen who's now the official defensive coordinator he you know, he basically sounded empowered. He sounded like liberated, like this is my defense now. I just got a you raise. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so, so yeah, that, you know, kind of the way the defense was talking heading into the season, you know, kind of gave people some hope. But then again, it was just kind of like that game against Arizona. It's like, man, we got, we got a long way to go. That's a long way to go. So. It also shows the difference between the Cow- uh, the Titans and some of those other examples I gave with the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Those teams both fired their defensive coordinators uh, <laughs> and brought in new guys to fix their defense. I forget who the Chiefs hired, um, but and the, obviously the Cow- Cowboys went and brought in Dan Quinn. The Titans are like, nah, let's just <laughs> yeah, use see, the same dude. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that's why a lot of that's why a lot of you know fans were kind of angry about that, like. Okay, like we get that he wasn't really fully the defensive coordinator, but he was still you guys were still saying he was calling plays on game day. And so why not bring in a fresh voice to be that, you know, defensive coordinator? But and so so they didn't do that. But what they did do was bring in Jim Schwartz, who, um, you know, former uh, longtime, you know, defensive coach, you know, former, you know, defensive coordinator. Yeah, whatnot. He's the guy who he's pissed a, off DK. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You know about the whole Cal- Calvin Johnson thing uh, yep, last yep. year. Oh, God. Um, so the Seahawks are going to score thirty. <laughs> What's the spread? <laughs> yeah. Minus so so basically Seahawks six and a half. So so basically, Schwartz <laughs> is the the um the he's a seen what they're calling him is a senior defensive assistant. So ah, he's okay. basically like a sounding board for uh, Shane Bowen, the the defensive coordinator. So that was kind of their effort to bring in a new voice. It wasn't for the coordinator spot it was bringing in a veteran defensive mind and like having him as a guy you can kind of talk to and and stuff like that so that's kind of how they tried to address that yeah seahawks yeah okay it's down it went down to five and a half but seahawks it was six and a half. Or minus five and a half yeah take take that and take the over 54 yeah i definitely take that i did look it up and this was a former tennessee titan player from 2018 because that's when game changers came out on netflix so after doing some research, I'm sorry, Ben. The player I was thinking of wasn't even around. Isn't even around. So you're not gonna tell us who it is? I forgot his name actually. I thought you just looked it up. <laughs> you know, oh, what a went through, went through all of that. Went through all of that to come back and I not want, even give us I the was name. hoping come Mike wouldn't ask. I was like, please don't ask the name because I literally was listening and trying to do. Is all it these this dude, Derek Morgan? Derek Morgan. See, even I did. I didn't even look it up. I kind of knew. That's all right. But yeah, and I don't know. We're a, not a gambling show, uh, even though we're about to do over and under right now. Uh, with 0 predi- 1, by the way. Shout out to Mr. Holder over there. What? We're 0 1 with what? Over and under, man. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, he got his he, prediction he, right. He, blew, he screwed it up, man. Yeah, that's right. But um, definitely take the Seahawks to score 30 based on everything that Ben is saying here. <laughs> like, I've heard nothing to suggest that the Titans are going to be good in this particular game defensively. But the over under actually, we're going to focus on Derrick Henry. Uh, we cited the stat earlier about his 100 yard games, and now he doesn't usually have two games under that back to back. So we're going to set the over under right at 99 and a half. What do you got for rushing yards for Derrick Henry on Sunday, Ben? Ooh. You hear that, Chris? That means we got him. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> all right. Take your time. That's a no. Yeah, that's. He, he, he'll definitely. I, I think. I think the O line will be better. So I, I would say Derek's numbers will be better. I, I okay. Let's say say this. I, I think he'll hit a hundred. I think he'll hit a hundred. Right. Taking the you over. Know? Taking the over. There it is. I would. I would. Yeah. With, with the run game, I think. <laughs> with the run game, I think they'll kind of get back to it a little bit um so i would i would take the over 
on this one. All right. One. All right. I like it. We'll, we'll see. Check, blue check. How we want to call you, Ben? Look yeah, at you. That's good. Yeah, Taking w- the over. It okay. would be very surprising if Derek went under 100 for back to back game. What do you even have on 78, uh, 15 for 78? Was that it? Uh, 70, 17 carries for 58 yards. Okay. 58 yards. Yeah. So, Jesus, okay. that is garbage. <laughs> yeah, wow. We, we know that's not going to happen again. I mean, I, ooh, with, with okay. Derek. Uh, well, yeah, I guess that's no. a take. I guess that's a take. a good take right there. You saw what the yeah. Seahawks did to I, I don't see Taylor. It. <laughs> it's, yeah, nah, it's, King Derek King. is not going to have a performance like that again. Yeah, you know what is interesting, though, when I watched how bad their run game was, it, it was interesting to see... I don't know if Derrick Henry needs a head of steam, um, but like because they do all those runs out of under center, he does get those two or three yards to like get get his feet going. And then if he's got good good blocking, he's not getting touched until like two or three yards after the line of scrimmage. So now Derrick has basically ran unimpeded for like I don't know five or six yards. And when you're that big and that good, it then becomes hard to tackle you. But he's not like a uh, I would say who's good at like getting out of trouble, even like Chris Carson. Like Chris, Chris can get hit in the backfield and then spin out of it or whatever, or even like a Saquon, Zeke, like Derek, he gets needs that head of steam. So it will be, and from what I can tell, it looks like the Cardinals play a similar front. Uh, that kind of like that five man front. That's what they were using against the the Titans. I'm all nerdy now with football these days, guys. That's like, that's called growth. Mike. It really, I really am like studying fronts and stuff now, and I'm, growth. It's it's the it's, next it's level, like, man. There you go. That's all it's it is, the next man. Level. That's we're, we're so gonna, nerdy in that way. That doesn't. Feel, I don't look like a football nerd, though. You know, you like when, when, the, when, the, when the people make fun of the guys online or the players make fun of the nerds and it's like guy in his mom's basement or something like that. Like, I got like my the, own spot. The guy, look, the guy probably looks like the Indianapolis Colts kicker who was taking a picture with DK. That's probably Rodrigo uh, Blackenship. Yeah, that's like, exactly. That's who you're thinking of. You're like, oh, that's the football nerd. Who, let me see. What is this guy? How you spell oh, that? Rod, gonna, uh, Rodrigo Blackenship. Oh, came right up. Just okay. Take, just look at the picture of him. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. All right. Jeez. Yeah, that's that's what I feel like people picture when they picture a football nerd. Like, I don't know if this guy is one, but he's a kicker. I don't know. His nickname is Hot Rod. All right. Uh, I don't think kickers should have nicknames like that, man. Like, there's one dude. We're getting so off topic. We're about to get out of here after we get uh, Ben's prediction. But there's a dude who calls himself uh, the Money Badger. Yeah, there's a kicker. It's it's the is it the Chargers kicker? Is a kicker who calls himself the Money Badger, and he yeah. Just... I believe it was I believe it was the guy the Titans actually just released, Michael <laughs> Badson. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, get out of here, Chris. Can you look at? I think What's you his should name? look that up. But is, uh, is it, it Michael? Michael Badgley? Michael Badge. Yep. Badgley. Here we go. Yeah. Nicknamed the Money Badger. It's oh. him. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. He's the Money Badger, and he missed a field goal and an extra point in the second quarter. And then the Titans released him the next day. So you guys don't have a kicker right now, do you? Oh. They, they don't have a kicker on the roster. Wow. We're going for two. Uh. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that was a way to spin it back to being relevant to the podcast. Yeah, that definitely changed his nickname immediately. The only reason I know that. Is because because everyone knows I'm team never kick and good for the Titans not having a kicker you don't have to oh, kick um, uh, kickoffs are going to be an issue though uh, but yeah, I know they, that because he was the Chargers kicker and it was Monday night this was last year actually it was uh, Saints Chargers I think because Justin Herbert played really well and they said like oh he's calls himself the Money Badger and he missed a kick that would have won the game I'm pretty sure and they got him out of there quickly <laughs> yeah or didn't oh. resign him oh man poor guy that's why that exhibit a kickers not having nicknames hot rod money badger i don't even really like legatron who's legatron yo it's, legatron huh yeah who's, who's, who's that for i feel like uh that's um isn't it greg zerline i wouldn't know all these nicknames what is going on in the nfl i, I feel like they, he was legatron oh greg delek oh no, no no it's legatron yeah, yeah greg zerline he's, he's the, pretty good though he's the uh well I, you I have it. to be if your name's well clearly not the last dude was the money badger and he's been fired twice for not being able to make kicks yeah no that's uh <laughs> never kick good for mike Ravel not having a kicker are they just gonna go with no kicker no no nah, they'll, they'll, they'll get a kicker <laughs> uh see the thing with, with the titans i mean they've had a kicking nightmare for the since 2019 i mean it was bad. Like, you know, at, at two points during the summer, they thought they had their guy. But then the first one, Tucker McCann, he got hurt in the preseason opener. And then so they waived him as injured. And then Sam Ficken, uh, who I think kicked for the Rams at one yeah, point. Yeah, he did. He did, yeah. He, yeah. He, he emerged as the guy later in the summer, but then he landed on IR 
the day before the Arizona game. That's when they brought up Badgley, who was signed to the practice squad just on Friday. So Badgley, Badgley was on the practice squad Friday, signed to the active roster Saturday when Ficken went to IR, play, kicked poorly in the game, and then was released the next day. Damn, he didn't and miss then, 72 so, hours? You're trying to do he, way too much math no. on the pod right now, bro. Jeez, that's he unfortunate. <laughs> Damn, that's a bad weekend, though. So at least he got yeah. the game checked. Yeah, he, he got his he got his face. For real, I think that's the difference between I think on the practice squad you get you're getting like nine G's or something like that. But if you play in the game, you get like thirty six G's. So I mean, yeah, that is a good consolation. So he made what forty five bands and then was like, yeah, man. So you're the your you're the money badger. You should you know you, you should, should make your kicks. You should make the make the team here. That but too. That, that is that, how did the kicker end up on IR? He groin. got like a groin injury, like in the middle of the week, like on a Thursday practice. He just showed up. It's not on funny, the but damn. Yeah. The no, it's, you, you literally can't make up worse injury luck or make up worse kicker luck for the Titans in general. It's been it's been a nightmare for fans here. Oh, well, man. Ocho Cinco might be available. Just throwing that out there. He's <laughs> he'll, 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 he no, they should kicking. trade for Is that he... dude on the Titans. That 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 or excuse me, the dude on the Texans that did the uh the DB that did the kickoff. You guys didn't see that? No. Oh, Reed. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, Reed. I think it's Eric Reed's little brother. Eric Reed's little brother. Yeah. Yeah, you got. Oh, I'll show yeah. you the video after the podcast. But yeah, they should, maybe they could do that. I'll show. I'll show you. I'll show you after. But all right, hot give take us, time, Ben. No, just give us give us a prediction. You no, need... it's hot take. A winner and a score. Don't do that, Mike. Is that a hot take? Hot. Is that... I don't. I don't think that's that yeah, hot. Unless I say. Unless yeah, I say it's gonna yeah. make it be a blowout. Um, Fair. I would say. I say Seahawks win. All right. I think it will be close though. Uh, I'd say maybe let's say twenty eight twenty four. I wow. think. Okay. I think it will be closer. I think the offense, you know, will show up a little bit more. You know, after you know a couple more practices to kind of work out the kinks and whatnot. And like I said, Derrick Henry, I think they'll be able to establish him a little bit more. But for for this defense to have Kyler last week and then to have Russ this week, um, his ability to like extend plays, like especially on like third downs, um, and then to have DK on one side, Tyler on the other. I I just think it's 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 going to be a tough go. So I think the the Titans will you know have a better showing from their offense, but you know for Seahawks' first home game of the year, and mm. you know what it's going to be a packed crowd at Lumen, and we know how oh, crazy yeah. that's going to be. You know for first you know full capacity crowd, um, you know since 2019, and on top of their overwhelmingly you know their overwhelming overwhelmingly advantage like over the titans defense like i don't I, I don't see them losing so i would say it's it's gonna be a close one but i have seattle on top all right you guys so is. we'll see in the betting you have actually you have the titans covering and the under so that's actually okay not what i would have expected there i, I would probably take the, the over over well i don't know it depends on how much i think titans score but i'll probably take the i'll probably take the over because if you even a 31 24 game well is a cover, yes, and that's just over. Yeah, that's 55. It's 50, okay, yeah, we're doing way too much math on the show. Uh, that's <laughs> what, that's when you know we gotta we gotta get out of here. Ben, thank you so much, man. We're very happy for you. I'm proud of you, uh, doing your thing uh, in Tennessee. Glad you're verified as well. That makes two of the yes, three sir. people on this program today verified. Uh, we can let everyone just figure out who the person is that is that is not, man. What is your Twitter handle before we get you out of here, man? Yeah, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. You know, I got time for you guys anytime. Um, you know, happy to probably see you guys both. I don't know about you, Chris, but I'll definitely be seeing you, Mike, on, mm-hmm. on Sunday. But um, but yeah, for people to follow me at, you know, Ben Y Arthur, Ben, then Arthur with a Y in between one word. Um, so you could find me there. Um, you know, I like to think that I'm you know, just the fact that I covered the Titans and I covered the Seahawks for three years, um, it kind of gives me, you know, a, a nice perspective on on both teams. Um, so, you know, from from the Titans' perspectives, U12s out there, um, you know, give me a follow. Um, I don't know how many – see. I know a ton of Seahawks fans just, like, dropped me as soon as I wow. said <laughs> I was uh, – said I was leaving for Nashville. I think just a few people follow me because I think mainly because of Elijah Molden, you know, 
uh, because of the Seattle connection. Um, so hopefully maybe I get some of those followers back for Sunday. But um, again, thank you guys for having me on. It was a pleasure. All right, and thank you guys for tuning into the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Shout out to everyone who's been listening uh, on the audio versions. But as a reminder to you guys, we're on YouTube as well. We're trying to get these views up, trying to get these subscribers up so we can start doing some more dope stuff. Apparently, there's some arbitrary number that you have to have of subscribers to start doing fancy 1K. stuff. Yeah, it's 1,000. All yeah. right, so let's do this. Our journey to 1K. Uh, shout out to homie Ben Arthur for stopping by. We'll catch you guys after the game on Sunday. We are out. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.